What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts, movies made of paper, wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Matt, we're joined by another guest this week, a guest who kind of indirectly is part of you and I becoming friends. He's the manager of the band Punchline, where we all know Chris Fayus was one of the first guests we had on this show. Yes. And when he told me that this was among his favorite Al songs, I thought, well, we're never going to have anyone else that says that about <laughs> King of Swede. So we need to have him on. Jim Legrando, thank you for joining us yes. and talking about the King of Swede. And maybe you can suede my opinion on <laughs> this song. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of wordplay we're going to get into. We'll see. I mean, I don't know because <laughs> just because I like the song. Doesn't necessarily mean that that well, how I feel about it is going to change your mind in some way because it's not really any kind of like prolific thing. It's happened a couple of <laughs> times on this show where I've managed to convince Matt of uh, yeah, that something's not as bad me. as he thought it was. So nice, nice, yeah. nice. Well, but first, hey, but thank you guys for having me. I'm so happy to be here. It's so cool that we can talk about talk about Al. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess before we before we even dive into King of Suede, Jim, let's talk about your owl fandom how long have you been an owl fan obviously we don't release the videos here but you've got an in 3d vinyl just right over <laughs> your shoulder as we speak so i clearly do you are an owl fan i'm an owl fan i i mean i'm not gonna say that i am the most crazy of owl fans and know every little intricate thing about it which is actually why i love this podcast existing because you guys are going into <laughs> literally every track 
things that I didn't even know existed because it's like, you know, I would say I'm definitely beyond the periphery of somebody who knows eat it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> but, you know, beyond that. But yeah, so I actually picked that thing. You can see it behind me. I picked that up at a uh, I went to a it was like a vinyl record sale in I think it was in Tennessee or something. And I was just walking around. This guy had it. And I think it was I think it was fifteen dollars. And I thought about whether I was going to try to negotiate with him about it. And I was like, no, I just want, I, I got, <laughs> I've never seen, they're so rare to see our records. I mean, I know they exist out there and I'm sure if you can find, well, I guess, okay, look, I'm sure you could probably go on eBay and find this record <laughs> and it might be however much it is or whatever, but it's a lot more fun when you have vinyl, when you find it out on the wild. Oh yeah. So I, I kind of totally just agree. Leave, leave it for that. And I've been fortunate enough to find in 3d and I also found dare to be stupid and I found polka party. Nice. Nice. The three that I have. Uh, you know, Dare to be stupid has I, become quite hard to find. Actually, I've I've been told. I feel like that used oh, to be really? out there, and now it's like, um, yeah, the the vinyl of Dare to Be Stupid is uh, is has become a, very much a collector's item. I think all of his records, kind of, but that one especially is is uh, hard to track down in the wild. So if you if you see it out there, listener, for a fair price, snatch it up. Nice. Yeah, that's that's that, that's good advice. It always makes me wonder when it comes to vinyl stuff because it's like it made so much of it at the time. Like it has to still be around there now granted i'm sure they made more bon jovis than dare to be stupids or whatever but <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people just how many people just took their old records and threw them away because they thought at the time that it was like cds appeared and they were like oh well these are done and they just got rid of them i mean i can't i said this to matt before i used to work at a record store briefly and i can't tell you how many stories like that i heard of people who showed up walked in like with their head down because they had thrown away their entire record collection and they were back to start over oh man it was rough. Oh, that's man. why that's I keep this collection behind me. Say, in DVDs. Yeah, both of One you, day. both of you in your frame right now. I know the listener can't see. Them. <laughs> They're both uh, in front of huge collections of physical media, which is great. We'd love to see it. <laughs> it's awesome. Right now, yeah, Jim, you you also gave us an incredible tidbit that you have not one but two letters from when you were in the Weird Al fan club. Right. So I guess you could say that I'm a close personal friend of Al because it literally <laughs> says it on the envelopes that I have. And so it's good. So it's that goes when you were asking me about my fandom. So I became a fan of Al in the summer between fourth and fifth grade. So that's what I like. I had heard, you know, eat it or whatever, but I was just a little kid. and wasn't like, I got to go get even worse. I didn't know it was a thing, but it's like I started, I guess, before it was pre off the deep end. So it's like off the deep end, I think is the first record that I had, but then like, well, that was like the first one I'd heard, but then I went back to get all of the other stuff. So it was like, once I realized that it was awesome, I was like, I got to collect all the rest of it to learn about it. And then it was like, I can remember then when the new, like when it wasn't old stuff that I had to mine, you know, like I had to find different things. Cause like there was like the, you know, there's the food album and all that stuff. And I remember seeing that one. Time. I was like, what the heck is this? What is this? <laughs> what is a spam song that's REM, but not, you know? And I was like, what is this on? And it was fun to do all that because then you could go down the, the rabbit hole of, you know, UHF and yeah. its whole soundtrack and the whole sort of shebang. Then there got to be a point where there was, I already had it. I like listened to all of it, but then there'd be new stuff. Right. So then it's like, there was off the deep end and then uh, Alapalooza, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So then it was fun to kind of experience it in the, in the way of like it, new things coming as opposed it's to. It's kind of sad to think that we're, we're in this weird holding space now where it's like, there might never be new stuff. Like, like have we heard all that Al has, has to give us? I mean, at the That's very least, point. he has certainly slowed down from his pace. Cause he, he was keeping quite a pace for a long, long time with his, oh, there output. was a solid every year for, yeah. for most of the eighties. It was every year. And then the nineties, it was like every other year. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then it started to slow and down. And as a, lot, a uh, as a side note, because you just mentioned the record, so I'm a little bit younger than you, but I love that's the, the age you just mentioned is the exact age I got into Al was I got Bad Hair Day as a gift for graduating fourth grade. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's like, that's there's a- something about, because that's like 10 years old, right? I mean, it's just the perfect yeah. age where you just like, you hear him and you're like, I, I had no idea anything could be so funny and clever. Yeah. It's just right. mind blowing <laughs> to experience at that age. I love I agree. it. Do you think that's a, that's one of those random things that people just, that every, I don't, I don't want to say boys, but every kid of that age at 10 knows they have to discover Al just how everybody it, knew how it, to blow, blow on a Nintendo cartridge yeah, yeah. <laughs> to like make it work. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny too because you just I, it's interesting you're saying boys because it's definitely not a boys specific thing but I also do think that when you're 10 his you know listening to a song that starts with like the hand farts is pretty I mean that's it's maybe made for 10 year old boys above any other demographic at least those particular <laughs> songs no, totally. like you'd be hard pressed to like you know he, he knew what he was doing <laughs> absolutely absolutely so but matt you were sent to me so as a close personal friend of al what i had discovered and the listeners can find out and we can do it whatever it is i have two letters from the al fan club that were sent to me and this one is postmarked november 29th 1993 this is- i want to know been, what al was telling been, you 93 they've, they've been living See, in my parents at my parents house and i discovered them recently and i haven't looked at them in decades so i have no idea what's inside them I and mean, i'm sure right. there's a lot of Matt, material. Do, you want to, do we want to make quick predictions before he reads the letter? I'm feeling like it's either telling you about Alapalooza or celebrating some mild stone with Alapalooza. Yeah, it could be an album drop. It could be announcing the album. Uh, it could be announcing a tour. It could be that the album is already out and we're doing a tour for the record. I don't know. This is exciting, you guys. This is real. Like this is not a staged <laughs> bit we're doing here. We are opening envelopes live. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We'll get into it, and then, it. We can, we can, we can and then we can we can talk about and then we can talk about King of Suede. Yeah, but this right. is like okay, this is so, a great little bonus treat. So envelope number one contains. I'll tell. You, I'll read it as we're like on Etik's Roadshow or something. So there's there's three items inside it. It starts with a letter. All right, it's on close personal friends of Al letterhead. Yes, and it says, "Dear close personal friend of Al." And it doesn't refer to me anywhere specifically. So I guess it doesn't know. We know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, now that I've bought an airplane hanger full of Al's new album, Alapalooza, featuring Jurassic Park, Bedrock Anthem, Achy Breaky Song, Living in the Fridge, Bohemian Polka, and lots of Bafo new originals. Where can I find it all? Where can I find all the amazingly cool merchandise that goes along with it? Like t-shirts, posters, hats, and oh, don't forget pennants, especially now that the holiday season is right around the corner. And I might want to give trucks fools of this stuff to all my friends and relatives besides all the stuff I plan on hogging for myself. Boy, you sure think in long sentences, don't you? (laughs) Anyway, we just happened to be reading your mind. It was around three o'clock last Thursday. So enclosed is a nifty brochure with all the latest and greatest stuff for sale. And because you're one of Al's closest personal friends, we've also enclosed a special discount coupon with this letter. In the meanwhile, Al says hi or something equally cryptic. And wants you to know he's hard at work putting together his Alapalooza tour, which will hopefully be coming to a theater or drugstore near you in the not too distant future. And he always loves to hear from his pals, especially if you'd like to let him know what you think of the new album. So keep enjoying the music and don't forget to floss. Yours ever truly, your pals at Close Personal Friends of Al. P.S. If your merchandise order is postmarked by December 10th, you'll be guaranteed delivery by Christmas. Mail by December 6th in order to make it the last day of Hanukkah. And then that's the, the rest of the letterhead at the bottom. Okay, so that was the letter. 
from him. <laughs> love that. Of love course, it. then it includes this. Uh, I, I know, again, the readers can't see, but I guess I could take a picture and send it to you. Maybe you post it yeah. somewhere. <laughs> There's This is the uh, the thing that I guess for some reason I didn't send anything in. Why did I not order anything? I was going to say you missed that <laughs> cut off <laughs> like, for Christmas delivery. I definitely, I definitely did. You should try to send it in before December 6th of this year. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I cannot I cannot use the dis- so one of the things is the discount coupon, which says 10% discount coupon, the bearer of this coupon being an especially close per friend of Al is entitled to a whopping 10% discount <laughs> on all Al merchandise. And then there's a little math form you have to do to, to put it on there. And it has the the stuff about the, you know, ordering it in time for Christmas again. But then at the bottom, it says this special discount offer expires April Fool's Day, 1994. So, oh, I guess right. that's, well, I can't get <laughs> that 10%. But right, honestly, so what was the postmark so, on the other letter? <laughs> uh, so the, the postmark on the other letter doesn't have a date, so I don't no. know if it's before or after it. So we'll 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 see. But in this thing, there is a uh, as a bona fide close personal friend of Al, you might thought you want to check all the latest merchandise from Al Central, coincidentally being made available with the release of Alapalooza. You'll find lots of great gift ideas, stuff you don't want to hog for yourself. Either way, order before they run out. And there is an Alapalooza T-shirt. It says the official Alapalooza tour T-shirt. Find apparel for the discerning Al fan. Hilarious bogus tour dates on back. Damn, I bet that's amazing. And it's only twenty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> twenty bucks. Say, that's <sighs> probably a great shirt. That's then there's a, a Yank there's a Yankosaurus t shirt, which is basically a Tyrannosaurus but with Al hair and an accordion. Nice. And it says which was the cover like, of the like album the cover, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, no, it well sort of. It's like more of a pop looking one. So the the Alapalooza t shirt is the cover of the album. The other oh. thing is more of like like, like, oh, uh, oh, oh, wow. Like, That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely send us a picture of that and we can post it on Instagram. Um, <laughs> right. Proudly cool. display. Proudly display the world's latest scientific discovery on your bod. Definition on back. Yankosaurus, a rare bipedal dinosaur from the prehistoric age, post-Jurassic, <laughs> primarily feeds off pop music, pop music stars and popular culture. Also a, a kick ass shirt for only twenty dollars. <laughs> All right. And then there's a off the deep end T-shirt which is the official tour shirt from summer of 92. We have a limited supply of these beauties left, different and equally hilarious bogus tour dates on back. And that's only $16 because they're trying to move them out. Oh, man. There's a, there you there's go. There's an Alapalooza hat. It doesn't say, let's see if it says, I'm trying to see if it has any kind of funny caption. Some mm-hmm. of them are funny. Some of them are not. The official embroidered Alapalooza baseball cap will look really cool on your head, on a friend's head, or on the head of Leon the dog-faced wonder boy. <laughs> Just don't wear it on your butt. All right. And that so, so for you guys, I did pull up what the back of the Alapalooza tour shirt was so we could get some of these the fake, fake dates. Fake dates. Uh, we won't go through all the dates, but they play at the La Brea Tar Pits, ah, the yes. Interstate 10 on-ramp, <laughs> Mr. Paul's Big Fat and Ugly Shop, Supercuts Grand Opening, <laughs> uh, the Spam Spamarama Fest, Freddy's Car Wash and Bikini Wax, mm. the World of String Cheese, Stevie Wonder's Driving School. Uh, they're playing at a garage sale in Boston. <laughs> they're playing at a 7-Eleven parking lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a funny shirt, man. I wish, I wish this... Uh... Jim, damn it. Things still work. I know. <laughs> you should have opened this letter a long time ago. I know. So, so the, for the poster, the poster's fun. It says, it's amazing. It's awesome. It's cheap at half the price. This fabulous full-color poster will look great on the wall of any bedroom, den, or meat locker. Seven bucks. And then there's a pennant that says, it's amazing. It's awesome. This is exactly like the Alapalooza poster, except it looks different, and it's a pennant and not a poster. <laughs> that's that's so like i mean i remember people selling pennants i don't think that's a thing anymore is it when was the last time you saw someone selling a pennant it's so 
it is a thing that's back. Brand really? new and back. See if it, so there's a company called, now, I don't know if I want to plug them because they're not a sponsor, but who knows? It's called Oxford Pennant. <laughs> and Steve found it and he loves it. And then they I got on the mailing list to see all this stuff. And now there's just ba- all kinds of bands are just making like flags and pennants and stuff that look, you know, they look, you can, I mean, depending on what bands that's you amazing. are, how I guess it makes sense. That's a good, like kind of retro throwback thing. But as soon as you said the word pennant, I had such a flashback to my childhood because those used to be everywhere. And then they yeah, really was, just died. I, you know, just. I was going to say, we've got bands that are putting out their albums on cassette tape again. Like, of course, the pennant is going to make a comeback. Yeah, all, it makes all, total sense. All we're doing. That's again, I'm I'm not totally joking when I'm like, look, I'm just waiting. Like the. It's like, only a matter of time. Of, it's, it'll yeah, the, the stuff that the stuff that I'm collecting that people say is dead media will eventually <laughs> get retro again. And then I'll be a god among men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, just look at the vinyl for for yeah. the example of that. Absolutely, exactly. it'll all come back around. Yeah. All right, so let's go through this last letter and okay, then let's so dive the second, into the King of Suede. You got it. So the <laughs> second letter, the second letter is I can already tell by looking at the thing that's inside it that it's after this. So the okay. one we read was the first one. Okay. So there's only two things in this. Now here's the letter, dear close personal friend of Al. And again, it doesn't address me specifically. So. <laughs> <laughs> well. <clears throat> It's that time of year where we need to send greetings to all of you, our close personal friends, and let you know what's going on with your pal Al, and also happen to send you our latest offering for Al merchandise. Isn't it ironic how this just happens to fall around holiday time each year? So this, okay, so there's some clues. I guess must get it at Christmas time. Yeah. 1994 was another landmark year for Al, with the continued success of Alapalooza and the Alapalooza tour, and with the recent success of the monumental permanent record, Al in the Box set. The set contains 50 hits spanning Al's career, including the original bathroom recording of My Bologna, which was released by Capitol Records in 1979 with an asterisk. And then the asterisk says, due to a record company manufacturing error, a number of box sets which went out to record stores do not contain this version of My Bologna, but the studio version of the song, which appeared on Al's first album instead. Most of these boxes were serviced with stickers, which called attention to this. If you're one of the people who ended up with the incorrect version and would like the correct one, you can call the record company, Scotty Brothers, and their phone number, and tell them that you would like to swap. In the meanwhile, all boxes sent out through our CPFA, which I guess is Close Personal Friends of Al merchandise offer, will contain the correct version. Cool. So, you know, Al's taking care of that's another great that like little, little <laughs> piece of like a time capsule moment. Can you imagine being like, oh, yeah, just call the record label of the yeah, thing you bought. Bring them up. Like, like, I dare <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyone to try to call a record label right now. <laughs> and pick any label and try to get them on the phone. It'll never happen. Put Al on the phone. I want to know why my bologna is yeah. not the right one. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me, Al. <laughs> I'll call again. I'll call. <laughs> All right. So then it says, also, for those of you who have all of Al's albums and feel that you might not necessarily want this new compilation package, even though it's a great historical importance and no self-respecting, satire-loving Al fan would be caught dead without one. (laughs) But in the meanwhile, would really like to get your mitts on a copy of the booklet, Fear No More. For a limited time and through special arrangement with the record company, we are able to make the booklets available to you through close personal friends of Al with a limit of one per order. All mer- information can be found on the enclosed merchandise sheet. So I guess if you're like, I don't want the whole music, but I just want this book. Wow. They were That's interesting, up. too. I totally. probably would have done that if it was basically just all the songs I already had. I'd still want that booklet. Totally. So, th- <laughs> so there's there's also a brand new single CD version of the box set, which contains 14 songs, including headline news. I was And the same graphics news. as the box called Weird Al Yankovic Greatest Hits Volume 2. This is not available through CPFA but is most definitely available at any record store worth its proverbial salt. 
On the video right. format, Headline News had a nice run on MTV and is still going strong on local video outlets throughout the country and on The Box, where it's one of the yeah. most requested non-rap videos. Thanks to, <laughs> nice thanks to folks like Matt Kelly calling The Box. Yeah, Al News. always did well on The Box, man. That's how I discovered him. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Also currently playing on The Box is a special custom compilation video featuring clips from lots of Al videos throughout the years. The video is listed on the service as Al in The Box. Did, did you watch that? No, I've never seen that. Well, you you missed out in 1994. <laughs> I've not seen that. As yeah, it was for, two years before I knew who Al was. That's why I missed it. <laughs> I guess so. As for the future, Al is hard at work in the studio on his next album, which if all the cosmic tumblers click properly into place, should see light of day in late spring or summer of 95. There's also a major tour of Canada, his first ever, in the works for March, and some big surprises you'll hopefully be reading about shortly. In the meanwhile, you can keep up with all the latest Al news by subscribing to The Midnight Star, a non-official but highly recommended quarterly newsletter mm. produced by our good friends and some of Al's most devoted fans in Houston. They charge five bucks a year to cover their costs, seven bucks international, cheap at twice the price. You can write to them at Midnight Star, P.O. Box, Houston, Texas, whatever. I wonder if we could still write to The Midnight Star. Maybe. God, I don't uh, know. Man, so when you read that that year, I was like, that doesn't sound right. Bad Hair Day was 96. I didn't realize that the recording of Bad Hair Day was over a year long. It went, <laughs> I just pulled it up. Matt, you and I it are started, the same. I was just Googling the exact same thing because he yeah, said, like, should be out yeah, by summer in 95. I was like, oh, no, what went wrong on Bad Hair Day? Yeah. Yeah. November <laughs> recording went from November 30th, 1994 until January 15th of 1996 wow. for its for its March 1996 release. Wow, that's interesting. What a fact. <laughs> and that, that says, you can write to Al at CPFA, carry this address on the front, and while it's difficult for him to respond personally to each letter, he does see all of his mail, and he loves hearing your thoughts and opinions. So as Al likes to say, be good, keep a song in your heart, and don't forget to floss. And especially, don't forget to stock up on all that Al junk you can. And golly, they can make swell holiday gifts too, which you'll find on proud display in the enclosed offering. Bye. Your pals are close personal friends of Al. Love it. And, and now we have Love another it. another thing that I can scan. You know, considering <laughs> how often Al has said it throughout my life, I really should be better about flossing. For real. I don't know why it, I, that that you, part of his you know message I, didn't resonate with me. I am the best at flossing approximately two weeks before and after a dentist visit. Yeah, that's what you got. It's like cramming it for your appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately it falls apart oh, yeah. at like the three or four week mark. Uh, all right. So. That was that was a great way to buy some time. Jim, what is it about King of Suede <laughs> that, well, that you I, love so much? Well, I think, okay, so getting into King of Suede, finally. The reason I think it's so good is because it's such, I mean, so it's a parody song that when I first heard it, didn't I guess I didn't realize was a was King of Pain yeah. until like I heard King of Pain. Then I was like, oh, damn, which is, I guess, sort of like a lot of things with me and Al songs, because like, unless it was blatantly obvious, there was a lot of music that I didn't hear from back in the day. So I had no idea that like, I mean, I knew, I know now, of course, but I didn't know that, like, for example, Toothless People was Ruthless People. Yeah. Like, yeah. Of, like you know, the random Mick Jagger song or whatever. We so talked like, earlier okay. in this about how few people had heard the original version of Jeopardy by Greg Kinn before yeah. Al oh, did sure. his parody. Like, so many people had no idea that was a parody for years. Especially like in our age range, who were discovering Al in the too 90s young for it, when yeah. that song when that song had kind of fallen off as like a radio staple. Yeah. I think you raise a good point though. And maybe that's why I don't have the love for this song is I think a lot of the time, if I don't know the song that's being parodied, 
the parodies hit differently than just like a straight up original by Al hits. Like you're kind of like, I don't know why he's singing a song about this topic. Cause it's not like, cause when Al's like cutting loose and doing an original song, those songs get fucking strange. You know what I mean? Like, like right. the lyrics to dare to be stupid are insane lyrics. <laughs> like, and this is like very straight. Like it's a straightforward story. Well, I was going to say, this thing. is definitely somewhat insane, Matt. <laughs> A little bit, a little bit. But this is a pretty weird but, premise. I mean, it's not as, uh, uh, yeah, it's not as bonkers as uh, Dare to Be Stupid. But I mean, if you just like look at it as an abstraction of just like an extended commercial for a for a fabric store, um, for a fabric store, which Al uh, reportedly, in order to research for the song, <laughs> walked around fabric stores and just took notes <laughs> on right. everything that yeah, he that, saw inside the fabric. That store. checks out based on these lyrics. That absolutely <laughs> checks out. <laughs> totally. And I, so, okay. So I guess it's like back to with, with it. And so it's like, when I didn't originally realize that it was the police, I was just like, wow, this song is so good because he, they do such a spot on like cover police. of it. Yeah. yeah. Of, so it's like, so the police song is good. And then the owl version is good because it's like mimicking it, but then the words are so great and so funny. And so like, yeah, I always love how it says my, my, well, I mean, it's like, there's so many different there's so many different parts because there's so many different parts in that song, even though the original police song, I guess, repeats more of it. But that also like all the words of the original police song are such like English poetry versus, <laughs> you know, stuff about Gabardine and whatnot. Yeah. But I, I like how it's my prices are low. My staff is underpaid. I'm located <laughs> next door to Willie's Fun Arcade. Yeah. Just the, <laughs> yeah. I just always love that line so much. I was like, so I could imagine I'm like, man, I wish I could go to Willie's Fun Arcade. It's probably great. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that I, it's, yeah, it's I probably totally fun. <laughs> yeah, it's also funny. Name. You also just mentioned something that we talked about on Eat It, which is that this interesting thing of when Al does a parody and he adds so many lyrics to the song. Like he keeps the form the same, but where the original is just a repeat of the same phrase, and he will change it on every pass. And like you look at the comparison of the original lyrics versus his, and Al's is like a whole page longer. Right. Which is, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, it's a testament to, I don't know, he's, uh, he likes to really run with his concept. He's not very repetitive. Let me ask to bounce off this parody for just a couple seconds. Um, what are, what are all of our opinions on both the police and the song King of Pain? Because I'm kind of lukewarm to the song King of Pain, but I love the police. Like, I love the police. This is not one of my favorites by them. I would agree with that take because I, I love the police too, but it's not my favorite police song. Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I actually would say I'm a little bit lukewarm on the police in general. There's a few songs of theirs that I really like, but I, a lot of it, including this track, has never like resonated super deeply with me. Um, Al must love the police because we were saying yes. like this is one of three, as best I can remember right now, three references to the police in his catalog. Does every breath you take in a polka? Um, right. yep. He does this straight parody, and then in a record or two, he does Velvet Elvis, which is a style parody of the police. Not a straight cover, but him lifting. It's the same style as this, basically. Um, so he right. is clearly a, a mega fan. In terms of Al covering a single artist, that's, a, that's very high ranking for uh, appearances. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. 
Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Can't help but wonder if he did King of Pain, which I don't think is that great of a police song, all things considered. It's a good song. It's not like their best, but it was their last single as a band. So I almost wonder if it was, was like, it really? oh, fuck. I, yeah. Like I that didn't was know that. Yeah. This was their last U.S. single before they broke up in, wow. in 1984. So I almost wonder if it was like a. Well, I'm not going to get any other new police songs to do a parody of. So I got well, so to do this one. I assume that must have been huge whenever that was out that song. So like it would lead to it, but something that so it was it was hard to find any info on any like there was rarely any info other than what you said about him walking around stores to write stuff down to talk about this like recording of this or anything with it. But I did notice that it was released as an owl single and you can get like a seven inch of it oh, and wow. the front of it is it's a it's a it, I mean you can I saw one it's on eBay right now. So if you want to look at it to see what it looks mm. like it's a it looks like the cover of synchronicity, but it's weird Al. And so it's oh, like got nice. the, it's got the like colored stripes. And then he's it's just a young Al picture that's sort of sting looking is in it, but it was an actual single that was sent out to, to radio stations and stuff, but it's, it doesn't have a B side. It just has King of suede twice. Interesting. And he also yeah. never made a video for this. So it was like, I guess, a, right. I don't know. Maybe it was a late single off the album where they were like, Oh, well, let's try to shop around one more track and see if we can get radio play on it. But Right, I guess it, I guess it's, it's 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 ad date was February twenty eighth, nineteen eighty four. Yeah, you it go. was released in between "Eat It" and "I Lost on Jeopardy," which oh I, wow, I didn't know that either. That's even more interesting. That's what I mean. That's that's wow. the weirder call. Yeah. I think is yeah because Al, I feel like now he realizes this more than ever. But like Al is not a person who can just release a song to radio, like. Part of the spectacle of the the Al singles were the music videos. Yes. And I mean, that's literally why 
you know, a couple years later when he did the um, the eight mile parody and Eminem told him he couldn't do the music video. There was just no music videos, like no, really no singles released on that album because it's like without the video, he's kind of done. Like the video is what draws people in because like what radio stations like I loved listening to like my local rock station. Right. I can't imagine why 100 just randomly putting on a weird owl single out of context. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, it's a very limited type of station that's going to play it. And honestly, if he's not getting into top 40, it wouldn't really get played anywhere. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's why it was like you were talking about the box or even early MTV. And then later on, he did the uh, amazing sort of music video campaign for uh, mandatory fun. I guess it was right. Yeah, he um, did like a video for almost every all, single for almost song. every song, and it was huge, and it gave him a number one record. So, I mean, you you are yeah. saying the right things. Like, I think that's like the swapping of videos, or like, have you seen this crazy video thing? Has carried through for him uh, for a really long time, and it's a shame because obviously this is just budgetary. But like this song, like talk about a great lyrical setup for a video. Like th- yeah. this would be a bre- like you don't even have to write a video treatment for this song. It's in the lyrics. <laughs> Uh, it could just be done. Yeah, I mean, I obviously, he only had so much money to make music videos. And as we said, it sounded like they spent all of it on uh, Eat It. Yeah. That video and was very they, expensive. I, lo- I Lost on Jeopardy looks a lot cheaper a lot than cheaper. Eat It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it was cool that like later on in his life, he, he came. Well, and also just videos became cheaper to make, but then very smart of him later on to outsource videos and just kind of like send it off to other people and be like, who wants to make videos? Like Al's not even in all of them. Just like, you know, churn these out for me. It's, it's good. Good move. Totally. So yeah, Matt, I don't know. So maybe, maybe a a way to think about with, with King of Suede is since King of Pain is, is definitely not as cool as King of Suede. (laughs) Since you know all the words to it or probably do, then whenever you hear King of Pain on the radio, you can just do what I do, which is like replace any, song that yeah. Al parodied with Al words and then that can just make you enjoy it even more. Yeah. I I like that. I, I, I would that's... agree with that actually. This this is another one to me where I think like I I prefer this to the original. Um I don't love the original. I like this more. I still don't totally love this. I don't think this is like for me on the record we're talking about, I this does not quite hit as high as I lost on Jeopardy does, which mind you is both of our number one parody song we're not right now. So high nice. bar. Well, I mean, it's, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's very good. I mean, I you know, I I I'm not saying hands down that this is the very best parody, but to no. me, I'm going to think it's up there. It's very oh yeah, 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 and it's you know, this is why we have people on because I love to see it's <laughs> it's been so interesting as we reach out to guests and talk to people like the songs that people want to talk about like. We, I, you know, not to reveal too much too far ahead, but Matt and I have a list of people like, I want to talk about this song, and we cannot believe some of the songs people want to actually come talk about specifically. Like, I thought everyone was going to be competing for like a handful of tracks, and that is not the case at all. Like, no, really, so spread out. The only, I would say, the only songs "Dare to Be Stupid" is definitely the album that has the most competition. Yeah, I think there's like four people that said they want to talk about one more minute. Like the idea that that is like the song that more people want to discuss than anything else in his discography is is kind of surreal to me because like that was a song that I took years to appreciate. Mm. Like like that was kind of like a ah, that's a fun music video. It's whatever, and I just kind of moved past it, and then. In college, I was like, this song's brilliant. But yeah. like 
you were the only person that said King of Suede. Like, and it was like the <laughs> first song you said. I love it so much. I, honestly, like it just makes me so happy because that's how I feel about him too. Like there's just, you can't even put your finger on it most of the time. It's like why this thing speaks to you so much. Yeah. I have so many of his songs like that. Um, which know. we've, so, you know, we've talked about a few of them already. Yeah. It's so awesome. It's strange. I remember like with st- when you said one more minute, I remember, so I was in sixth grade. I got to do some sort of report on Al, like where I got to like present Al stuff to the class. <laughs> and I think I know, I just remember that was one of the songs cause I loved, I like wanted to share that cause it's just so like, it, it was so good. Cause when it does the thing and then I was like, I want to rip my heart have my rib cage with my pants and left. you know, like <laughs> that's just so fun. I used to cover it in a band. Oh, really? <laughs> like, that's yeah, amazing. it was like a, it was like an acoustic guitar duo that I or a trio that I was in. And the one who was like, we're going to do one more minute and you're singing lead on that one. I was like, all right, oh, we played it live awesome. one time, but it was awesome. <laughs> that, that is awesome. But I say I had to I had to have my teacher vet all the lyrics before I could share the songs that I had. Did I don't she remember catch what the masturbation line? Uh, I guess not. Did it go because, over her head? <laughs> I guess so, because I got to we got to blast all of that out there. You so got to great. do it. Also, there you go. Yeah, and yeah, also it went over my head for twenty years. I was going to so say, there's totally... also like as with many of his songs, there's a little bit of violent imagery in that song, um, <laughs> which is you know again one of those things like only in hindsight is like wow I was young and listening to some pretty wild stuff, very violent. Right. Stuff. Yeah. Well, th- this was also you know the early '90s in Central Pennsylvania, so they weren't really trying oh, there to you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a different yeah, time. Yeah. You know. Exactly. I think I'm ready for my ranking. Okay. I think I'm ready for my ranking. It's not at the bottom. It's it's. At, at the low middle, I'm putting this right in between I Love Rocky Road and Another One Rides the Bus. Solid position. Yeah, it's it's not a bad position. It, it's in at this time, it's in essentially what would be like the top five. Oh, nice. I think it'll get bumped very soon, but that's that's where it's at right now. Sure. Well, nice. Well, that hey, I'd say that's high praise in the sense of we went from you being like, I don't care about the song. I hate it. To now it's like <laughs> top five of yeah, what you listened to five. so far. Now, granted, I guess we got, you know, we still got a lot of catalog to go, so. You ain't kidding. A, a lot. But. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to put this. It's going to be sort of close to what you did. I'm going to put it between uh, Ricky and Another One Rides the Bus. Okay. Yeah. yeah He's that, loving that, that there's some Ricky love. There's, there's some Ricky love. <laughs> I, I have Ricky love. Hey, don't get me wrong, Matt. I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not a hater of Ricky. It's all good. <laughs> nice. Now... Now, Jim, you get to do something pretty fun. What? What's that? <laughs> so we are keeping a list of the guest rankings, and I'll tell you where the guest rankings fall as of the time that we're releasing this episode. And it's a top three right now of I Lost on Jeopardy at number one, Eat It at number two, and the never released B-side, It's Still Billy Joel to Me at number three. <laughs> uh, you get to decide where King of Suede falls on that particular list. Oh man. Okay. Well, so this is so it could be controversial because I'm going to put it above eat it. Yeah. But I, I was hoping you were going to do that. I love this. Yeah, totally. But I will but I will put it below I lost on Jeopardy because that's a great song too. And that's I mean just with all the there's a lot of I mean, I can't it's like I don't know. I guess it's, it's I've given so much chat about it. But it's like I don't want to influence with my own personal thing with it cuz it's like King of Spade rules because it's a great song and it has I discovered today that it has this uh, seven inch thing that makes it even cooler or whatever. But there's just more of a total package to I Lost on Jeopardy with the cheesy video and all the other stuff. And it also being a good, very close parody of the Greg Kinn song that like I can't Mm. put this one above it when there's so much more to that one having more like stickiness to be memorable with the video and all that. 
I, I appreciate that. I, I want to say that Jim is the first person to not just put their song straight to the top, which uh, <laughs> says a lot about his character. I would say that's a real being. respectable position. I, I, I really, yeah, props. Now, but thank you guys. Yeah. Now, Jim, you get to do one other thing, and actually, Matt and I have to follow through with with one of these. Actually, but mm. um, you're an avid listener of the show. I've heard a couple. You of have them. a chance to tell us something that you think that we got so wrong. That you think that maybe we should reevaluate our position on it. I know we were told to listen to the original demo recording of "Got a Boogie" and really reevaluate <laughs> mo- more so my thoughts on "Got a Boogie," and I did do that today before we record it so we can briefly talk about it but i mean i don't know i don't think that any i mean i guess this is kind of a cop-out or whatever but it's like i don't think you guys have really done anything so controversial that i have to like correct (laughs) that the weird owl record (laughs) of how things are going i really feel like i feel like not you know again not to cop it out but (laughs) that's more like once we get deeper into the catalog when there's so much more stuff to talk about i think it's like a better a better scenario absolutely yeah yeah i think that's fair i think that's fair matt <laughs> did you listen to that got a boogie demo I, as well i did and i did really enjoy it but again to be fair i like the album version of got a boogie a lot more i kind of did too so i feel like my opinion still stands opinion- oh, I, that so you didn't prefer, sway me one you bit. prefer the album version to the uh to the demo to the demo yeah, yeah. the the album's way crazier uh, the album the is definitely crazier I do, with an accordion i do think it's interesting <laughs> to hear like i like hearing it's so um raw Stripped down like it's it <laughs> yeah. really is like this crazy like it sounds like this like distorted hot sweaty like blues rock jam session it's it's a weird thing to hear the the demo of got a boogie uh for people listening i it is um available on youtube um uh it's worth listening to especially if you are well i was gonna say if you're a fan of the song but even if you're not i think check it out it's worth I don't know. I'm I'm a defender of uh, Got a Boogie. I'm here on Team Got a Boogie mostly by myself, but I'm 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 definitely into it. Which I want to point out real quick because I do think it's hysterical that you are Team Got a Boogie. It's in your bottom three of originals. I know, and yet somehow that's me like defending it with a, the greatest strength I have is putting it <laughs> in my bottom three and not my bottom one. Got a Boogie, one hundred percent has a right a right to exist. Absolutely, it's, yes. It's cool. It's not. I mean. Yeah, we're not ranking it high because yes. of what it is, but come on. This is my it's new campaign. It's not like campaign. you're like, why is this on here? It's my new campaign. Yeah. I just, Nor- look, normalize my got, got a boogie, boogie everybody. Normalize yeah. got yeah, a right. boogie. Right. My got a boogie campaign <laughs> is that that song would work just as well at 90 seconds as it does at three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it's not bringing a whole ton to the table for the full three minute version. Oh, it's bringing some sick accordion licks. Three that nonstop minutes. <laughs> and some funky basses. Jim, is there anything that you want to promote or or anything before we wrap up today's episode? Uh, I mean, well, I mean, as managing Punchline, like you mentioned, they have a new song out called Can I Get a Break? And it's fantastic. So if you haven't listened to it out there, you should yes. give them a stream. <laughs> they got more music on the way. And then as uh, anybody who's out there who's a creator outside of managing Punchline, I do operate an agency where people run Kickstarter projects. And so if you have an idea, you're in a band, you're a filmmaker or whatever, you need help trying to raise money and you have an audience, we could probably help you. We helped uh, the last Blockbuster documentary get the money to become a movie that's now on Netflix amongst yeah. a bunch of other folks. So, you know, if you're listening, you got that going on, I'd love to help. So recently that um, Enjoy the Ride are doing the soundtrack to the last block- Blockbuster with the score that Steve helped make. That was very exciting to see. That just popped up in my 
inbox and I was blown away. So congrats on that as well. Yeah. That that movie is quite an achievement. Featuring Punchline, past guest, and certain to be a future guest, Word Burglars up on there as well. Part of the uh, Canadian nerdcore scene. Yes. So (laughs) that stuff, I haven't got it. I guess they sent us a couple. So I don't have one in hand yet, but they do look awesome. Like it's like swirl yellow. And I saw the different color variants and stuff. And stuff. I highly it's recommend. Crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't have it yet either. I don't think it's out there yet, but uh, I was excited to see it. Nice. All right. So we'll leave it with this. So if there's also if there's any listeners out there that happen to have a working Apple 2GS computer amongst the uh, close personal friends of Al uh, letters that I found at my parents house, I also found the floppy disk that contains the Weird Al game that my friends and I programmed in basic language Whoa. in sixth grade. That's like a text-based adventure game where you choose different stuff. And it also contains our original parody of Def Leppard's Let's Get Rocked, which oh I think my had something God. to do with socks. But I don't remember the lyrics because it's inside this floppy disk that I can't. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe Look, I can get a, a a drive or something on the internet, but I don't. I have no idea. We Jim, definitely are outsourcing. Jim, you that. just opened up. That's, I you mean, just opened up Pandora's box. There's going to be a lot if if we can figure out how to do it. Oh my god! On the subscribe to Geekscape TV. <laughs> if you can get this thing to work, I think Matt and I will play your game live. There's no I, question. There's no question. I, I can't tell you. I I can tell you one thing. I know that it exists. Number one, because I made it. Number two, I have the floppy disk, so it's definitely in there. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember if we finished the game, meaning like if you could play it and it just it comes to an end, or if we got so plays like so. That's the, here we're going to test rabbit hole. When I was in sixth grade, the way sixth grade worked for where I was in school, we had these like contracts, which was it was the best year of school of my life because what it was is every marking period, everything we had to do, they told us at the beginning of the marking period. And I would get it, and if you had the whole time to do it, it would be like 20 spelling lessons, 10 such, whatever. I would get, me and my friends would get it done as fast as possible and then have eight weeks of nothing to do at school except for dick around and try to code <laughs> on the computer or whatever, right? Well, so like we were always using the computer. We also could because we were done with our schoolwork. And then there became some like, I don't know, like they had they, they implemented this system that only certain people could use the computer in a, like each day. So I went from being able to use it unfettered every day to like twice a week. So then it like, which, you know, okay, yeah. Uh, why, why, let's, let's, let's discourage children to com- code computers, Look, right? Like, I'm, let's seeing, get I'm seeing a Mac USB floppy disk reader for $17 on Amazon, and I am willing to purchase this. Uh, okay, well, look, we get to work. I know it's in the, dude, there's also, so I don't know if, it, my point is, I don't know if I ever finished it because I never got enough computer time to potentially finish it. So, but I, you know, I know it gets to a certain level. But yeah, we should do, we should check. As far it out as I'm concerned, this is the new focus of this entire podcast <laughs> <laughs> is getting this accomplished. Like I can't. This is such a crazy, uh, a crazy thing to drop at the end of this. Like, <laughs> you, 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 you open with the letters, and we talked about King of Suede for now. What feels like ten seconds, and <laughs> right, and now we have the lost Weird Al game, and uh, um, I'm just like, wow, this is great, guys. I'm afraid that it's like I, I now I don't know. I feel like I'm not going to be able to come back on any episodes because what else are we going to be able to talk about? Since they're giving you all the juice. Oh, the you're going to come back another... when we talk about when we review your game. Yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, there's, there's all... a there's a there's another song you've picked that you are definitely getting. I I know that for a fact. There you so. go. Cool. There you go. Oh, awesome! I love it. I'm not sure which one it is, but I'm excited to find out. So yeah, that'll be great. 
before we go, Matt, I just wanted to mention one last thing about King of Suede that I meant to talk about and I forgot. And it's just very nice. quick. And especially because we mentioned it earlier, how like Al has so many lyrics that are very violent and like aggressive and dark and scary. And just as I was re-looking at this song, I picked up this one verse that I just wanted to discuss for one second. The, well, I never made it past the second grade and it took all of my life for me to learn this trade. But my friends are all thinking that I've got it made because I'm known the world over as the king of suede. If that is not like one of the most positive and uplifting <laughs> lines that he has ever, like as a verse, that's really, that's a beautiful sentiment. This is like a great. true yeah, like a great success point. story line. Like it's so funny. Like so many of his characters are so tragic and twisted and like just horrible, horrible people. <laughs> and despite the fact that this guy admits to underpaying his staff, I, it seems like a great success story. The King of Suede. I don't know. I just I had to draw attention to the fact that this is like a rare moment to me. I, at least it feels to me like a rare moment of Al being uh, just like you know rooting for this guy. I love it. Yeah, I think you're totally I, right. I feel like if you had told me we would have 50 minutes of recording for the King of Suede episode, I would have been like, you're crazy. But <laughs> here we Jim are. Here so we are. Fire. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Shout out to uh, my friend Rat Bear, who I programmed this game with. So I'll let him know that we might be able to, to, to unearth this treasure. This is <laughs> and, uh, officially becoming an investigative journalism podcast like Serial now. And we're going to be tracking yeah. this for future episodes. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 